0: Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida.
1: Watch out for false doctrine. What he's really saying there is this, life is not a playground, life is a battlefield. Doesn't matter when you want to hear it or not, it's true. You see, Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He knows that the truth of God's Word, when presented fully, will set people free. They will live with God in heaven forever, saved.
0: It's been said before, but the fact still remains that there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. The scriptures teach us that it's by grace, through faith, that we're saved, not of works, lest we should boast. You see, there's no amount of good that we can do. There's no set number of church services we can attend. There's not an amount of money that will enable you to attain righteousness. Understand that it's not because of what we do or don't do. It's because of what Jesus has done that we can be saved. The only part we play is accepting that free gift of salvation. All we must do is say yes to Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 15, with our continuing study entitled, Open Your Eyes to the Real World.
1: I'm teaching about spiritual things. Open your eyes. The kingdom of God is at stake. People's spiritual existence in eternity is at stake. And here's what Jesus says. If the disciples don't take heed, if they don't watch out, Satan will come and infect your thinking with false leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. And just a little bit of these false teachings will infect, dilute, Pollute the real truth of God. Let's think about it for just a moment. Here we have the true word of God. It's what God teaches. It's the unadulterated, perfect word of God. But here's what Jesus is saying. The things that I'm teaching you, if you allow the leaven of Pharisees to come in, and for instance, he says to his disciples, if you begin to teach that you can be right with God by doing good works. Will that have any effect on the truth of the word? It'll have tremendous effect. What kind of effect? Wrong effect. You can't be right with God by doing good works. On your best day, you can't be right with God. So he says to his disciples, watch this, and you have to understand what he's really trying to say here. He's saying this. The truth of God's word sets people free. That's what the word says. The truth will set you free. Set you free from your guilt from your sin, from your feeling just horrible, no peace, the truth will set you free. But if you take the word of God, and we'll just take the and he's saying to his disciples, if we just started over here, and we take the word of God and we infect it a little bit with the truth of the gospel that says this, you can be right with God without Jesus. And it goes along for a few years. And then we add another one that says this, really, there's no hell. And then we go along and say, In fact, there's no hell, there's no heaven. When you die, that's all there is. And we pass these things through. What happens to the truth? It's diluted. It's polluted. It's not true. And then what happens to the principle that the truth will set you free? It won't set people free anymore. And so now we have a gospel that's come by man who has polluted the truth, And so the gospel is preached, and it's never going to set anybody free. And so Jesus says, watch, beware! You say, why did you yell it? Because the disciples didn't get it. They're thinking, loaf of bread, hungry. He's saying, I'm depositing in your life the truth that will set generations free. Don't be naive. Watch out for false doctrine. What he's really saying there is this. Life is not a playground. Life is a battlefield. Doesn't matter what you want to hear it or not. It's true. You see, Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He knows that the truth of God's Word, when presented fully, will set people free. They will live with God in heaven forever. Saved. Now, if you believe you're going to be right with God, and you can be right with God by your own good works, and you don't need Jesus Christ, then you will spend eternity in hell. Because how many ways are there to God? One way. And who is that way? Jesus Christ. See, the world says there's how many ways? Many, many ways. No, there's only one way. That's why Jesus Christ came. Now, your destination will be hell. Now, if you also believe that you can live hard, play hard, and then you die and that's it, if you believe that, where will you spend eternity? Same place. So life is not a playground. It's a battlefield. We're talking about kids' lives. We're talking about adults' lives. We're talking about people's lives for eternity. This problem is not new. This problem a few years later in the church of Ephesus Paul was teaching this church of Ephesus for three years and he goes to the elders as he leaves and he says this to the elders. I'm getting ready to leave you guys. I'm going on to new city. But I've been praying and crying for you because I know this is what's going to happen. He says from outside the church there's going to come people in who are going to bring their yeast and try to dilute the doctrine of the church. But he says even worse, there's going to be people from inside the church. They're going to take little agenda items. And they're going to come and they're going to dilute and divide the church by their own idea of what they think the Bible says. And Paul uses the same word in Ephesians that Jesus used. And he says this, beware, because it'll destroy the church. Paul said, I've done something for you while I've been here three years. And this is what we try to do here. He said, I've taught you the whole counsel of God. I didn't go, I like that verse. I like that verse. It says I can be healthy and wealthy and wise. I like it. Underline that sucker. Put it right there. We're going to preach on that every week. <laughs> now, here's a verse that says all sinners die. Right that. I don't want to ever, ever go to that one. Do you think churches do that today? Yes. I mean, I'd rather hear that I'm a good person than my sin will separate me from God and send me to hell. But see, when we say that, then we say there's a loving God who's come to make sure you don't go to hell. You see, we provide the grace with it. So that's why we teach verse by verse. You see, we're going through the verse. You don't take it out and go, oh, nice verse, let's make a doctrine of this. We go through the scripture because we know life is not a playground. It's a battlefield. Verse 17, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes, but fail to see, and ears, but fail to hear? And don't you remember? Now, if you're Jesus, what would you say to the disciples at this point? I'd probably say to them something like this. Get out of the boat. (laughs) You guys are never going to get it. I'm putting an ad in the Jerusalem Post tomorrow morning for a new 12. You guys are rejected. You're gone. He doesn't say that to them. But he does say, guys, put on your glasses. The real world I'm talking about. You don't get it. Come on. Come on. I'm going to be patient with you. But I'm talking about the real world. By the way, we need to be patient with people who don't get it initially. How many glad God was patient when you didn't get it initially. And some of us still don't get too much, do we? God's gracious. By the way, he's probably more gracious than I am, so don't push it. All right. Look at verse 19. When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketful of pieces did you pick up? Uh, I can hear the disciples now. We're going to get this one right. (laughs) And their answer, 12! And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? And they answered, seven. We got it. We got, it. we finally got the right answer to them. It's good, isn't it? You think Jesus was proud of these answers? No, because look what he says in verse 21. Do you still not understand? You see, guys, serving Jesus Christ is not about numbers. Some of you have spiritual pride. Oh, I know that. Where is that verse? I can quote the verse to you. And you have, all you want to do is study uh, numbers and, and facts and figures. And your life is filled with this theological stuff that's fine. But your pride is in that you know numbers and figures and verses. And you could pass Bible trivia. And when you get to God, you're going to say, I know the answer to that one, right? I know it. I mean, nobody else knows it, but I know it. God isn't interested in Bible trivia. He wants your heart. And these guys say, 12... Seven. They're still in the physical world. Guys, we're not in the physical world this morning. And Jesus says, do you still not understand? You don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. You don't understand. So Jesus says, look beyond the physical to the spiritual. You don't get it. Jesus says, when you saw the loaves and the fishes, it wasn't about physical food. It was about spiritual. Here's three things he was saying to them. I am God in the flesh. When I handed you food from five loaves and two fishes to feed 10,000 people, who could do that? Only God could do that with a creative miracle. I'm God. You're looking at him. We're not talking about bread and baskets left over. We're talking about God. Secondly, as God in the flesh, I will meet all of your physical needs. I was able to meet physically the needs of all of those people. I'll do it to you. What are you worried about? You think with one loaf on the boat with 12 people, it's a problem to me? What are you worried about this morning? Well, it's almost rent time. Can God provide? Think it's a big problem for him? No, it isn't. And yet we worry about the physical, and it interferes with the vision that God wants us to have spiritually. You see, our mind is on the physical rather than the spiritual thing. Thirdly, Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. You missed it. The loaf that I'm talking about is me. And he said, I've come to feed a hunger that's greater than a physical hunger. Because in every man, woman, and child, there's a hunger to know God. Now, some people don't know it. And some of you guys have been pregnant. You have these desires when you're pregnant, you know, for pickle sandwiches and ice cream and all that. You don't know what you're hungry for. You just can't until you get the right thing. And your husband thinks you totally lost it because he doesn't have estrogen flowing in his veins. But when you get it filled, you go, Ooh, that did it. See, that's the way the world is. Satan tries to bring all these things in to fill power, pleasure, pride, position. That's going to satisfy it, and we find out what? Never satisfies. So Jesus says there's a part of you, there's a spiritual part of you that cannot be fulfilled without me. And then he does something very interesting. Think about this. When he provided 12 baskets full, he was feeding who? What kind of people? Jews. When he fed... The 4,000 and plus, and there were seven basketfuls left. Who was that to? Gentiles. Gentiles. What is Jesus saying? I'm the bread of life to fill the spiritual needs for the whole world, Jew and Gentile. Then we come to number three this morning, clear spiritual vision. And Jesus is going to take, I believe, through a practical miracle, the very same thing and apply it to this principle. Look at verse 22. They came to Bethsaida, and some of the people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Now, I believe you can use an allegory that the blind man here represents the blind spiritualness of the Pharisees and Herod, or the unsaved world. The blind man could not see. Spiritually, he didn't get it. He was only there to be healed in a physical way. Verse 23, and he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit in the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see people. They're like trees walking around. This is the only healing we see in the Bible that's progressive now, some people say that's because the healing was so difficult for Jesus it took him a couple shots at it. Give me a break. How many believe that? Don't even raise your hand. Not a chance. Nothing's impossible with God. I believe this was to stretch out this man's face. So when Jesus first touched him, he said, I kind of see these people look like trees walking. So it shows us that he wasn't always blind, but had become blind because he could recognize some of those things. So it was like this. I see through a, a kind of focused glasses, but I can't really get the true picture of it. I don't have a real, true, clear picture. Who's that remind you of? The disciples? You see, many of us don't get it. Our whole life is kind of like, oh, I know there's a spiritual part. You're talking about Pastor Mark, but you know, really, are we out of here yet? I'm thinking about lunch and my kids in the soccer game this week. Jesus is saying, hey, the real part of you is spiritual. You need to understand that you need to see clearly. And so I believe this is a picture, this man, this partial vision of this blind man he asked him, notice what he asked him. Do you have eyes? What do what you see? And he says to the disciples, do you see anything yet? But you know when the disciples really get it? After the resurrection. How many know that today we still don't get it ourselves as Christians? There's a lot of stuff we don't get. By the way, Paul says we do see through a glass darkly. Some things we'll never get until we get there. But there's plenty of things to be clear. Now, verse 25. And once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes... Second touch, then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored. And he saw everything how? Totally clearly. With this last touch, this man's sight was perfectly whole. His sight was restored and he could see everything clearly. This is the goal for every Christian. God wants you and me to have clear spiritual vision. Well, how do I get clear spiritual vision? We're going to take a vision test as we get closing this morning. How do, I, how do I see clearly spiritually? Number one, take a look at your last week. How many have thought of eternity this week? Of heaven? Of hell? How many thought of a, a neighbor? A classmate? A person at work that's lost? And then you thought of them and hell. Now, many of us thought that, but then did we go to our knees and... Pray for them. So if you're thinking this morning, spiritually, if your eyes are open, you should be looking at the spiritual world. By the way, the spiritual world isn't this. You know, you're around these weirdos that think, you know, heaven's going to be good. You're going to hell. Oh, heaven's going to be. Don't be around those people. Those are weird people. The world looks at them and goes, get away from me. See, Jesus didn't act like that. Some of you need to look at your life and then say, would Jesus do that? No. But Jesus did say, the truth will set you free. There is a heaven. There is a hell. Do you know he talked about hell more than he talked about heaven? I don't want to go to church that talks about hell. Jesus did. Now, he didn't talk about it in the way you may have heard about it. You're going there! But he talked about it because he had love for people. He said, you don't want to go there. And you need to understand that the truth can keep you from going there. As you think of life and look at your life this week, has the leaven of Herod affected it? Is the only thing in the last week you thought about, basically, is the priority of your life this last week on possessions and power and pleasure and position? What you're going to eat? How you're going to pay this month's rent? Is that your focus? Has the leaven of the Pharisees affected you this week? Blinding you to the real spiritual truths of God's Word. Are you playing Bible trivia at home instead of asking God to touch your heart? Be powerful in ministering to people's lives. Do you realize that your pet theological issues will mean nothing? Let me give you three steps as we close this morning to clear spiritual vision. Number one, ask God to open your spiritual eyes. Remember the blind man says, I want to see. He came and said, I want to see. And if you're here this morning and you want to look at things spiritually, Psalm 119 says, Turn my eyes away from worthless things and preserve my life according to your word. In other words, God, I want to see. As I leave here this morning, I'm a Christian. And I want to see things clearer. I want to see when people walk by that there is eternal things in value. God focused my life not only on the things of today. We have to do all those things. We have to eat, we have to work, we have to do all those things. But God also focused my life and the kids in school, and my neighborhood, and people. They're going to hell without Jesus Christ, but He's come to change their life. Secondly, keep the main thing, the main thing. Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek ye first His kingdom, which is spiritual, and every other practical thing, every other physical thing, God will give you. What are you worried about this morning? In Matthew, Jesus says, what are you worried about? Your clothes? Did God have a trouble with the birds? What are you worried about today? Trust God. Make the main thing the main thing. And number three, keep eternity in view. Mark 8.36 says, What good is it for man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his own soul? You see, you ought to have a a sign in your bedroom or on the refrigerator that says, Keep eternity in view. In other words, the decisions that you're making, are you thinking about it from eternity's side? Or your own side, fleshly side? Is there a any ounce at all of cleaning off these glasses and going, the real me is going to live somewhere forever. There is a God. He does love me. You see, because we come to a place in our lives where you have to realize something very important. You remember a little story about the virus? All of us were born with a virus. It's called Sin. It started in Adam, and it's gone to every single person that's ever, ever, ever been born. You have the virus. Now, like the virus in my computer, it's going to destroy my hard drive. But the virus in your life, if not corrected, will destroy you spiritually forever. So Jesus Christ came. He died on the cross. He rose again. So that I could do one thing, admit that I had a virus. You remember the blind man that came to Jesus? He said, I admit I'm blind. I want to be healed. The very first thing you have to do, if you're not a Christian this morning, is you have to want Jesus to touch your life. He will not force his hand on you. And he comes to your heart. So you have to do that. Secondly, the Bible says to me that everybody that comes to Jesus, he will accept doesn't matter what your lifestyle's been, where you've been. God doesn't care. There's nothing too difficult for God. He can take whatever you've done and start all over brand new. Now, nobody else can guarantee that but God. So Jesus Christ came. Now, he won't force his way into your life. So you have to say, God, I want you to change my life this morning. Some of you are here, and you've tried to be right your whole life by being good enough. You're a good person, but you'll never get there. Some of you have been through power and position and pride and possessions and you realize it's still left you empty. Some of you are not sure where you're at and you've been through all kinds of things in your life but you realize you're hungering for something you don't even know what it is. It's God. And the Bible says if you'll take one step of faith He'll come and meet you and He'll satisfy your every want and your desire for Him will be fulfilled. The woman at the well left her water jug And she said, come and meet a man that changed my whole life. In fact, he knew all things about me, and yet he still loved me. That's the kind of God we have. But here's the downside. You have to be sure where your destiny is.
0: Pastor Mark reminded us today that the real you is spiritual. That means that your inner man, your heart, is what counts. That's why God wants to heal us. He wants to be our great physician. He wants to take our hearts of stone and cleanse them. He wants us to become soft and pliable so that he can mold us and make us into his disciples. But he can only do that if we'll allow his work of grace in our lives. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB3133. And the title of this message is Open Your Eyes to the Real World. Again, today's message number is MB3133. And the title of this message is Open Your Eyes to the Real World. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living. Pastor Mark will share with us a sobering truth. He'll explain to us that on Judgment Day, we have to stand alone before the Lord. We won't have our wives or our husbands to lean on. We won't have our pastor or mentor to glean from. Understand, Christian, that you can't live your life vicariously through other believers. Because in the end, it's just you and the Creator. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time. As Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living.